Hello, I'm Harry. Hello, I'm Rory, and you're listening to Games on Film. Welcome to Games on Film, the podcast that celebrates video game movies. We are back with another massively popular video game franchise that we know next to nothing about. What are we doing, Rory? We are finally doing Warcraft. When we were looking at our list of films, video game movies that we hadn't covered yet, this is probably the biggest, the last great Whale? I don't know what you would call God, it. It sounds it's, like it's... we've hunted them to extinction. <laughs> I mean, almost. I mean, I, I think, generally speaking, most of the video game movies, straight adaptations as opposed to just inspired by films that we have in our back catalogue, because there's still more to come, I think most are, are sequels to pre-existing material we've already covered. Um, there's a few animations. There's obviously a bunch of TV shows we haven't got round to, which is a commitment in of itself. Um, but I think Warcraft at least up until this point, is also still the highest grossing video game movie of all time. I, I, I double-checked. <laughs> uh, and even, uh, I think, the top five video game movies at the box office, number one remains Warcraft, just below it is Detective Pikachu, number three is Rampage, which is odd because that hasn't really lasted in the public consciousness. No, it hasn't got a cultural footprint. Uh, number four is Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and number five is Uncharted. So, you know, there's still lots to play for. Um, I sort of said cultural footprint there, like imagining an alternative world where Rampage was so big <laughs> that like everyone's walking around with like George t-shirts and <laughs> is it Lizzie? You know, Lizzie yes, let's say that. Let's say Lizzie and everyone's like, well, you don't, when you picture The Rock in a khaki vest, you're thinking of that film and not the half dozen others that he's done. Yeah. So um, I, I think I think Warcraft has a reputation of being a flop or at least not a huge success, but that is very much just located in the US domestic market. It didn't do very well in the US. I mean, I think also it doesn't help that it cost a huge amount of money to make. I think the budget was around about $160 million. Only made $47 million at the US box office. Chump but change. Chump change. I spend that in a weekend. <laughs> um, but it made uh, a huge amount worldwide, I think, because particularly of the international recognition and renown of the Warcraft name. Yeah, everyone outside America is stupid. <laughs> so I won't buy anything with Warcraft written on it. I've got a whole set of Warcraft branded tampons at home. No need for them. <laughs> I've actually got a Warcraft uh, uh, action figure from the movie. Yes. I picked it up in TK Maxx and I've still got it in a drawer somewhere. Yes, you showed that to me once. I was really confused. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, there's something about it though, like... When we start this podcast, I've really made an effort not to watch video game movies that we're gonna do, but I have watched this a couple of times. I watched it once out of interest. Uh, my wife was really into it, so I thought, hey, this is a bonding experience. <laughs> um, and then I did kind of, I think I've gone on record to say 
that I love really mid fantasy <laughs> like uh i'm really excited about the new willow i know it's going to be crap but the new willow tv show i should say but i've got such a fondness for the 80s original um i really like the tv show merlin and i want to talk about whether this film is better or worse as we go forward but I, i'm just saying that as well as being a huge video game franchise like there's always somebody who either plays or knows somebody who plays warcraft um i, I can see why the film connected to some people you don't really get massive budget fantasy movies like this so much obviously in the 80s there was a really big fantasy boom where there was lots of low budget fantasy movies coming Mm -hmm. out and then every i think sort of post harry potter and lord of the rings you got lots of sort of aborted franchises like you know you got your Eragons and mm. you've got your seventh sons and you've got all these things based on YA fantasy novels which you know this is the first installment of a of a of a multi-book franchise and it's not going anywhere um very fast and I think it's it's very hard post Lord of the Rings to make something of this sort of scale and size whilst also being its own thing and I think it very much helps uh, to just make an adaptation of something which already has this sort of lore embedded into it and this, you know, the, the the look and feel. But, I mean, obviously this year we've had Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. We've had Game of Thrones, the House of the Dragon um, coming back. And it's, it's, it's like the big scale fantasy TV shows. And I sort of feel like TV is kind of where it's sort of fantasy's home because there's obviously quite a lot riding on making a big budget. I mean, you know, that's these Amazon and House of Dragon shows, you know, they cost, you know, the amount of a, of a regular movie per episode. But um, maybe it's just sort of, if you release it on streaming, you don't have to give viewing figures. So you don't have to <laughs> sort of like have the stain of a failure, which um, I think has followed this film since its release a bit. I mean, but you'd forget that when the Lord of the Rings trilogy was being made, it was could easily have been total folly. Yeah, yeah. I had I had like fantasies because I like to watch the world burn of the first Lord of the Rings film coming out on being a t- total cat shit, and then they were committed to making two more because they had all this other footage. But if you look at all these other franchise starters, I think by and large, yeah, they're, they're not made all at once like the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And so I get this sense of a lack of commitment. Mm. I, I don't know. And yeah, I get the vibe off the Warcraft movie, but, you know, uh, I think my passion uh, in fantasy books was uh, the Dark Materials trilogy. And, you mm. know, that first film came out. And I think I've mentioned before I was an extra in it. So that was exciting. But the film, when you watch it, it was actually it was completely um, butchered by the studio and editors as well. It's missing its final act, but I guess that shows that just, there's a real lack of confidence, mm. which mm. Um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy had, and I think a lot of other pretenders to the throne uh, falter with. Yeah, but I I think with Warcraft, while my experience of the original games is is limited to nil um <laughs> it's it's a name it's a it's it's obviously anyone who knows anything about games knows the name warcraft um and this film while while i think that's that's largely down to world of warcraft 
which was the spin-off, I suppose, of the original games, this sort of MMORPG uh, originally released in 2004, so it's coming up to almost 20 years and it's still going, you know, pretty so strong. That's World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Mm. Um, but wow. The, wow. Wow, indeed. Um, but I, just, the, I just made that joke for the first time. It's so original. Um, the original what, game... What do they eat in the World of Warcraft? Warcraft surfaces. I would have gone with Warcraft sliced cheese. Yep, yeah, that works as well. It's comedy gold. We're we're gold mining, gold farming. That's you what we have, do. You wouldn't have thought that we've done over a hundred episodes, which is still <laughs> fresh. But Warcraft Orcs and Humans was the first game released in 1994, and and that was a real time strategy game, and and very much sort of innovative, groundbreaking take on the on the genre. And I think in the 90s, you had Warcraft and its sequels and expansions, and you had Command and Conquer and its sequels and, and expansions. And I think those were the two real kind of like key real-time strategy games, which I helped sort of foster the sort of boom in the, in the I guess, kind of mid to late 90s, especially. Um, and I don't, I think I maybe went round a friend's house and he had a copy of it and I was just looking up original gameplay for footage of the first game because I was like, did I play this? Did I see this in action? And I think I did. It might have been Warcraft 2 rather than 1. But, you know, like, the, it, it sounds like the movie. <laughs> I mean, like, the, the, the noises the orcs make. And yes. I, I can see, I can definitely, you know, part of me wants to go back and even sort of give it a go. Because it looks, I don't think I could play, like, a modern version of real-time strategy. There's, like, too many buttons and too many things to think about. I feel like a Warcraft original game might be more my level where it's just move orcs to here and shoot humans with arrows and go Rrr. <laughs> that's like is that the humans or the orcs going Rrr? uh a little bit of both in the age of chaos two factions battled for dominance the kingdom of azeroth was a prosperous one the humans who dwelt there turned the land into a paradise the knights of storm and the clerics of norsha abbey roamed far and wide serving the king's people with honor and justice. The well-trained armies of the king maintained a lasting peace for many generations. Then came the Orgish Hordes. No one knew where these creatures came from, and none were prepared for the terror that they sparked. Their warriors wielded axe and spear with deadly proficiency, while others rode dark woods as black as the moonless night. Unimagined were the destructive powers of their evil magics derived from the fires of the underworld. With an ingenious arsenal of weaponry and powerful magic, these two forces collide in a contest of cunning, intellect, and brute strength, with the victor claiming dominance over the whole of Azeroth. Welcome to the world of Warcraft. I, yeah, I don't have any experience with the original games and my I've just been looking over the shoulders at people playing World of Warcraft. And mm. I do, I have a memory of, I went over to a friend's place and he was just building a World of Warcraft character for the first time. And I was asked him, um, hey, I didn't, you didn't, I didn't know you were into a World of Warcraft. And he said, yes, yeah, the only time I get to spend any time with my wife 
and they're divorced now. <laughs> like, uh, I was like, oh, that's really sad. Like, she was so obsessed with Warcraft, she just played it all day, and they, that's the only time they could hang out. But there's a lot of, like, friendships and relationships yeah, there's, there's forged. Things. The world is not a cold and dark place most <laughs> of the time. I mean, I, I guess the sort of the cultural footprint of World of Warcraft beyond the game itself, I think there's two notable examples and one is Leroy Jenkins. I was just Googling that because, like, oh my God, what was his name again? <laughs> Jamie Johnson? I don't know. <laughs> um, which uh, is a famous viral clip of a character called Leroy Jenkins um, launching into battle while his um, fellow teammates were still planning their mission and stuff. And it's just... really weird to see someone describe a meme to you <laughs> um, when you've not seen it. Um, why, why is that funny? Let's analyse that joke. I, I, <laughs> I don't I think, think we should. No, I think it's one of those things where it's just. I think it came right time, right place mm. when that kind of stuff was still in the early days of of memedom. But that's obviously a notable example. And of course, there is the uh, famous South Park episode "Make Love, Not Warcraft," um, which has the the little boys. The little uh, boys is unknown. Playing the, the little boys. Your favourite little boys. <laughs> your favourite little boys are back. Mm-hmm. Um, which... Taking down video games, but also with the cooperation of Blizzard. Yes. There was a, uh, yeah, I went to America. There's a time you know, it seems to seem nowadays it seems insane where you can basically find anything you want all over the place. But I remember like it was just really hard to get episodes of South Park, which weren't years old. So I went to America once. I bought like two box sets specifically for the Warcraft episode. And this is me not even as a Warcraft player, but it's like, hey, they. They used game engines to animate half an episode. That's brilliant. I mean, I, yeah, there, I think we mentioned it in our Bond episode, but we used to try and make movies with GoldenEye multiplayer mm. by filming a video camera at a quarter of the screen. Uh, Very avant-garde filmmaking there. Yeah, this was like machinima before like video capture cards were like uh, commonplace. Mm. So we were pioneers. Yeah. We're like the Lumiere brothers. Exactly. But now we just do, we jump on the podcast bandwagon like 10, <laughs> ten years too late. Yeah, exactly. That's us now. I've just joined Twitter. <laughs> I mean, like, if this film is all about worlds slowly dying and people migrating to new pastures, <laughs> I'd say this is a very much like a Twitter metaphor of the orcs leaving their Twitter realm to find fresh ground on Mastodon yeah, world. Seriously, yeah. It's all scary and confusing. Does that make Elon Musk the, the sort of... The bad orc in this. Spoilers for the movie, but we'll, we'll yeah, get guess, that Well, later. guess what? The orc who uses death magic um, <laughs> turns out to be a wrong'un. I don't think that counts as spoiler territory. I think that's... No. We'll, we'll get into He's got, it. He probably. wears human skulls. And like, I'd actually do write a note saying, he might be not the bad guy here. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, uh, we mentioned Blizzard and there's obviously a lot going on with them at the moment I, is that i think there's something about serious voice now it's something in court about the microsoft is microsoft trying to acquire activision blizzard and that's now been challenged in the uk courts you'd like to think we would research this to avoid any risk of litigation but we're just sort of if I, we're just we're just spitballing here if i raise my voice think, at I the end of a sentence it's like i'm questioning it def microsoft definitely uses child slave labor right to make their microchips right <laughs> i think you just sort of you know i think you deflect any kind of every time you use microsoft paint <laughs> like a, a child in some far-off country earns half 
is dying of paint fumes. Dying of paint fumes. Literally, what you spray. They're on, on the, the other thing. side of the screen with a with <laughs> a gasoline, not gasoline, a graffiti can. I mean, this is getting into emoji movie territory. But... Yes, my gosh, let's don't invoke that name because um, I don't think that technically counts. But uh, in terms of there's, inter- there's, there's blizzard issues, is what we're th- trying to say. There's blizzard issues. I think in recent years they banned a player from a tournament for speaking out. Uh, in support of the protests which were taking place in Hong Kong at the time. So that was like a free speech thing. They're currently uh, got a lawsuit against them for gender-based discrimination and sexual harassment in the workplace. So a lot of employees have since left. So anyway, as as we mentioned quite frequently yeah, on the podcast, any time that we talk about a beloved game franchise, we usually have to put a disclaimer about uh, what's happening with the developers. Yeah, it's really sad. I mean, again, the only way I can sit through any movie now is just looking at a list of credits and just thinking that every 10th person is probably like a sex pest, <laughs> which is maybe not true. I don't know. I mean, assuming one in 10 people is, is a rotter. Yeah. So how do we segue from that <laughs> to uh, this fantasy epic? Well, I guess we can talk just a little bit about the development of this film. And I think the film was originally announced back in 2006. And according to Wikipedia, um, Uwe Boll made a bid to direct, but was turned down by Blizzard quite emphatically, who said that they did not want him touching this with his grubby hands. Yeah. I mean, there was just like, he was stood in front of his poster for In the Name of the King, saying, don't look at that. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like holding his hands up. It's like, no, look at this. Look at these awards made out of tinfoil over here. Um, I don't remember the development of this film taking forever. I think it became, there are certain film projects where like the almost the development becomes semi-legendary because it takes so long. I mean, most noticeably like James Cameron, most of James Cameron's output really, but of course the Avatar 2, which is incoming. Um, and I guess maybe Warcraft owes a lot to Avatar because a lot of the Warcraft movie is a fully CGI. And I, I think even sort of story-wise, I, I think it, it's one thing to to look at this and think, oh, you know, Lord of the Rings or, oh, Game of Thrones, because it's sort of fantasy. But I do sort of feel like this is more like Avatar mm. than either of those in terms of sort of story and, yeah, in terms of, you know, the characters. And I think the... Uh, mocap and the the yeah. the CG of the of the orcs especially is is um yeah still stands up very very well. I think it's uh, you know the uh, one of the key strengths of this film. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get into. I, that. I mean, I was I went to see Avatar at the big screen again. They re-released it, and so I thought I'll go and see it in IMAX. And again, you know what? It's just amazing to see it at the cinema. But even after 10-ish years, I leave that film, I'm like, I got really emotional. It really gets you. Is this a good film? I couldn't say. It's so odd. It's like, I don't know what it is. I guess, I don't... hmm. (sighs) Words escape me. Because, again, I just, I can't... I think maybe it's that thing where you're seeing a master craftsman at the top of her game making kind of crap stuff. <laughs> but also, now I think that film is also really wanting to be anti-military and anti-technology. But the problem is James Cameron loves his technology and he especially loves his military technology. So 
you've got these scenes of terrible army men killing lots of natives, but in this wicked cool airship. <laughs> so, Which you can buy the toy of. Maybe. Uh, I don't <laughs> probably. Know. Anyway, so yeah, you are right. I think technology-wise, this film has a lot to Avatar. And, and the development, again, was a long time. I just remember... I just remember in the air, that internet air, we were like, when are we going to see some of this groundbreaking Warcraft stuff? And I think the initial teaser was something more like a tech demo. I think this film starts with two people, an orc and a human circling each other. Mm. And I think that was more or less what the first teaser was. Okay. From yeah, memory. Makes sense. Yeah, literally a tease at the start of the film to sort of set up with a bit of uh, exposition. <laughs> it's funny, like the film was like, here's the teaser for the film that you've paid to and sat down and watched. Are you going to watch more? <laughs> um, um, so like we got the director, of course, is Doug Jones. No, Doug... Duncan Jones. The director is, of course, <laughs> you can leave that in, is Duncan Jones. Doug well, Jones is the... Is the lanky like, guy? Yeah, is the thin lanky um, Guillermo del Toro monster man? Yes, um, <laughs> he was crafted by Guillermo himself. <laughs> in he's a... playing Pinocchio in the uh, stop motion. Oh yeah, it ain't his nose that grows. It just, it's say just that? like him standing. They've just manipulated Duncan. Uh, now I'm saying they just manipulated Doug Jones to play Pinocchio, yeah. and, and everything cast... else is stop motion, but he's had to stand still for hours and hours. No, and he, they've had to cast even taller actors to make him look like a wooden boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a challenge. But, but anyway, Actually, uh... Sam Raimi was attached. Sam at, Raimi. At one point for for this movie, but I guess he went to do um, Oz instead. Well, actually, no, Oz was before this. He went to do Doctor Strange eventually. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, Os- I love Sam Raimi, but Osgrave and Powerful is just not a good film. <laughs> but yes, let's get back on track. This is Duncan Jones um, directing and doing a polish of the script for Warcraft. Because when he came on board the project, it was very much like humans versus orcs. Uh, very much human-sided, and he sort of polished the script. He says, like, give it an aggressive polish to make it more 50-50 in terms of having the orcs and the humans uh, against each other, because I think in the original game you can play as orc or you mm. can play as human, so he wanted it to be two sides, one world, or whatever the tagline is. There are good people on both sides. Good people on both thoughts. sides, was his, his thought. What are your thoughts on... I wrote even Doug Jones in my notes here, so this is going to be really hard. Duncan Jones, what do you think of him as a filmmaker? Well, I, I did very much like Moon, which was his first feature film. Um, I did like Source Code when I saw it, but I, I have not felt any kind of compulsion to revisit it, which is strange because it's all about repeating time. Um, and I did not get around to seeing Mute, um, which is sort of a continuation of, I guess, the moon world. And he's since done a graphic novel, Maddie, I think it's called, um, which is the sort of third part of this Mooniverse um, loose trilogy, I think. I, I, I think he's a very accomplished filmmaker, and I think it's sort of a technical level as well. Um, I do think he's slightly, at least based on the three films of his I've seen, bungles the endings. Mm. I'm not going to go into sort of spoilers, obviously, of, of Mutant Source Code, but I sort of feel like he introduces an element. Or like introduces a twist, or just something like right in the closing seconds of a movie, like he can't, <laughs> like he can't resist, and I'm just kind of like, uh, no. <laughs> so, um, 
I, uh, yeah, but I, I do think, especially Moon, I think is a very strong, uh, still is a, is a strong movie if you can. Yeah, yeah, and it's shot on like a micro budget and it looks great. Yeah. Um, I've got this list on Letterboxd called Lockdown Vibes. All these, <laughs> all these films made, which I watched during lockdown and uh, that's on there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, I forgot he did source code. And so I, so I was very much like a bit... I watched that like half of Mute and I got really bored. And yeah, I, I really felt like I was struggling to like hit the heights of Moon. And then I remembered, no, I actually really like Source Code. So well, I guess we'll talk about more of his directing style when we talk about this film. I don't sound very positive, do I? Um, but... I think, I think he's one of those sort of filmmakers who I, I like and appreciate and I want them to succeed. We're at the sidelines of the sport of sports day going, come on, Duncan, come <laughs> Cheering on, him on, come on. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, obviously there's like the whole Bowie element and I like David Bowie and obviously he's mm-hmm. the son Zowie of, Bowie. Of, of David. So is it Zoe Bowie? Yeah. But I think he's now called his daughter there. Right. As well. But um, yeah, so I, again, I, I'm cheering him on and it's it's been a while because I don't think he's made the thing since Mute. I think he announced he was going to do the Rogue Trooper movie, which no, was based he, on 2000 AD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's still, I think, um, in some sort of development stage. Nothing more has been really announced on that. I think maybe it's just that Moon felt had a very singular voice. And I think since then he's felt felt a little bit more Hollywoody, and I've not seen Mute. Again, I've not seen all of Mute, but I think that's one of the first quote unquote big films to be released directly to streaming, if I recall. And or they made a real big deal about it. Mm. And I think it's I still feel that releasing a film direct to streaming just feels a little less special for some. You know, I don't know why that is. I, 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 I can I think that's for another podcast all about mm. direct streaming stuff, but um. Yeah, I would. I think it'd be much more interesting. I mean, I'm a little bit sad to hear he's doing Rogue Trooper movie, because I mean, it's a distinctly British and very, I, I think, quintessentially British type of science fiction. So that'd be quite good. I just hope those edges don't get roughed down, and I think I'd just rather see another unique moon-like story, mm, mm. which is extremely character-based. It's all about it's all like about Sam Rockwell. So yeah, it's a biopic. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna, of the future of that time when Sam Rockwell lived on the moon. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot. Um, shall we delve into the world of Warcraft then? Ah, uh, yes, yes. Let's do that. For years, our world has been at peace, but something is coming. I can feel it. Dark forces are upon us. Find these beasts, or whatever they are. Our world is dying. There is nothing to go back to. If our people are to survive, we must make a home here. Whatever happens, Whatever happens. If we do not unite, our world will perish. This doesn't need to happen. There is one who may help us. For orcs, there is no other life but war. No, but with the human's help, 
There could be. Why are you here? To save our people. Can we trust him? They're beasts. They should all be destroyed. Are you sure about that? We'll protect the kingdom. You and I. You'd side with the humans. Against your own kind. This is suicide. We have no choice. We should attack with full force. Whatever you plan to do, do it now! I do have a back of a box. Um, the American bots compared to the British bots includes one extra sentence. Oh, great. Let's so go for it. Let's, let's, go, cut. let's go for the, the full... Oh, my God. Um, I really want to know what the sentence is now. <laughs> it's the last sentence. So... Oh, right. Okay. Okay. So just imagine... Gird so my loins. Stop, stop your brain, like, just beforehand. Allow a little break. And then, like, see whether the extra sentence really changes everything so i love the bbfc rates video boxes now as this is going to make a, a an 18 rating <laughs> the peaceful realm of azeroth stands on the brink of war as its civilization faces a fearsome race of invaders orc warriors fleeing their dying home to colonize another as a portal opens to connect the two worlds one army faces destruction and the other faces extinction from opposing sides, an unlikely set of heroes are set on a collision course that will decide the fate of their families, their people, and their home. Get ready for the final sentence. Okay. So begins a spectacular saga of power and sacrifice in which war has many faces and everyone fights for something. Hmm. 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 I feel that's a really good encapsulation of the film. Lots of stuff are going on in that last sentence. There's a real mess. <laughs> and mm. <laughs> I mean, what did you what did you think of this this film? <laughs> I wanted to say quote unquote. It is a film. Okay, now what did you think? What did you think? I revisited my letterboxed review because I had seen this before actually, I think just before we started the podcast? When did we start this podcast? Was it 2018? I like the idea that you finished watching the film. It's like, I got just the idea for a podcast. <laughs> but I think it was it was close enough, I think, because we just knew there was like a, a, a sudden wave of video gamey movies on the horizon. I think I still stand by what I, I said before, but I think I would knock a star off. Because I think I gave it three stars originally. I think on second watch, I give it a two star because mm. I, I i think there was a lot which i appreciated about the film but now i know what it's doing it's more of a slog to watch a second time because i sort of the i wouldn't say twists but i think there is like a, a um there is an interesting slightly different approach because i think i do appreciate the fact that it does have this balance of the orcs versus the humans and it does try and really kind of humanize without you know, or orcify, I don't know, humanize the orcs, doesn't orcify the humans. But I, I feel like having that approach makes it a bit more interesting than it could have been. It's not like if you watch Lord of the Rings and you just watch the, um, what are they called, the Urukai, the, mm. are they called orcs as well? 
Yeah, they're like they're super orcs. orcs. Okay, but I think having a lot of the focus on the orcs, and I, I, I do think that the sort of the motion capture animation work, like they do feel like living, breathing characters. You can argue about whether they look like they're actually there or not, and that sort of thing, like in terms of the composition. But I feel like I get a kind of sense of personality through their performance even if maybe sometimes it gets a bit video gamey i think the actual battle stuff is really cool i think the fight sequences you do get a sense of scale and geography and heft and weight when you have like an orc hitting a a little man with a giant hammer so i think that's very impressive so there's like little bits and pieces which i i i think are, are very solid very well done i feel like the issue is that the story is not very interesting. It's too long. And as much as I like hanging out with the orcs, the humans have zero charisma. And I, I did not care for any of the human performances. And I think most of the cast are very poorly miscast. <laughs> um, so again, it's like two worlds colliding. <laughs> and like a good movie I'm enjoying and a bad movie I'm not. And they're clashing in this uh, heap of... Um, of uh, a heap of a heap of uh, human goodness. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. So yeah, I. I, th- I think my kind of like my initial, you know, sort of giving it the benefit of the doubt, positive response on first watch was because of the things which I think did work, and I think because of what I knew that people said, oh, it's not very good. I was like, oh, actually, there's some of this stuff is good. But then on second watch, it's a bit like, I know where it's going. And now it's a bit of a drag because there's just so much of it, which isn't um, really kind of firing on all cylinders like I, like I kind of wished it would. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you of the human stuff. Uh, I think I want to front load more of my thoughts of the stuff I liked. Like, I actually do like... I like the costumes, which seems oh. like damning with faint mm. praise. But I like how these are clearly from the games and everything is just that little bit oversized, a little bit extra. There's a real th- chunky quality to a lot of stuff. And I did sound a little bit negative when you mentioned the CGI earlier. I you know I agree. I think the actual the weight of the characters is mostly great. I do find the orc teeth extremely distracting, but I feel that they were kind of locked into a design they had to follow because of the games. So, I mean, the the one non-CGI orc, um, uh, My Garoma, what's her name? Uh, she's yeah. called Garona. Yeah. Yeah. My Garona. Um, like, she just looks ridiculous with her orc teeth stuck in, sticking out of her mouth. And, like, how else are you going to convey she's half orc, half human? But I think she looks cr- crap. Um I will say, though, when it comes to these big battles and you see loads of orcs together, it just looks like a sea of brown, which is a kind of a criticism aimed at like the video video games in general. I actually found the big fights really... I found actually most of the action really boring. I, get, I appreciated the heft when people are smatted, which is a word, uh, with a big axe or a big sword. I appreciated that. But also, like, every single battle... I mean, my heart never soared... My heart never, I, I, um, like in the everything just was filmed very pedestrian. And this is why I was talking about uh, Duncan Jones as a director earlier. I felt there was no dynamic camera works. I think the only time 
the camera like really soared was in those shots when people like are running out of windows and jumping onto griffins, which I think was a huge part of the trailers because those are the only two times like cameras did anything kind of interesting. Everything's moving in a real statesman-like fashion or stately fashion, I should say. And um, and yeah, as you say, the all of the human actors... I was talking earlier about how it feels like, feel like a lack of commitment. Everyone seems to be sort of play-acting. And the, the main guy, I think he's called Luthar. Uh, Lothar, and who's he played, played by? by Travis Fimmel, who's probably best known for being in the Vikings TV show, which I have not watched. I mean, they tried to have their cake and eat it because he's kind of like... He's got that jokey, kind of sarcastic Han Solo vibe. But he's also meant to be like the military commander and he suffers like a great loss during the film and you're meant to really be like sorry for him. But then he's like quipping and joking just a little bit later and he just don't, doesn't feel, it feels just so empty. And and even though I like the costuming and some of the, some of the production design, for a really expensive movie, a lot of the sets look really cheap. Like a lot of the castles look like they're filmed inside like the Disney castle with like with plastic brick and things. So I told you before, I love mid fantasy. And the reason why I think I rewatched this again quite recently, and I actually had a really good time of it last time I watched it. So I don't know why my reaction was this way this, this time. But, you know, I like... In these things I mentioned, like Willow, there's still something great about them, even if everything else is not so great. Like the music, James Horner's score for Willow is fantastic, and Val Kilmer with his, you know, is a lot of fun in Willow. In I, I know people love the Neverending Story, but the Neverending Story is not a particularly great movie. But by golly, do you remember some of the like the dragons, the 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 music, the the horse death. I will say Warcraft has a surprisingly large amount of horses being thrown, <laughs> which I was there for. Although my wife, who is a Warcraft fan, she said her issue was how in the game, World of Warcraft, when you ride a horse, flames come out from your feet. And that did not happen in this film. And that was like one of her nerdy issues with the movie. Um, I'll say that Warcraft had nothing, even though it's got like the best CGI at the time, it just, there's just... There was nothing which made my heart sing. I and like I was just, like the I guess we'll need to talk a bit more about this in spoiler territory. But like I felt no one really seriously wanted something. Everyone seemed to be kind of reactive rather than proactive. And like the most proactive person I guess is the villain, and <laughs> everything else is just like a bit meh. So I guess that's very much like the whole villain, like oh if. I just I'll have to do it myself. <laughs> yeah, he does do it himself, but you know, sadly, this watch it wasn't Warcraft, it was Borecraft. Mike drop, but oh. expensive Mike. I'm gonna just leave that there. Well biting. <laughs> um yeah, I, I I just to sort of I, I, I disagree a bit with the battles. I, I do think the way they're shot, I think it's it's nice to actually see battles which are shot kind of like mid and close up as opposed to just swooping like overview of everything that's happening. And it's just like a see. I think the fact that pretty much all the battles take place in daylight is mm-hmm. nice. I feel like... I like the chaos of that opening. There's a bat- I think the first time the orcs and humans are fighting. In the forest. In the forest. There's definitely like a what the fuck is going on yeah, here type yeah. thing. Yeah, I, I, so... I think great job on on that front personally. I do agree. I think the the problem 
when I say sort of miscast, I also feel like just characters don't really make sense. Like, in, as you say, like, they're serious one moment, quippy the another moment, and you're just... I, I could never get a feel of who they were. I understood who the orcs were. I understood their motivations, like the individual orcs. I kind of like, mm. you know, I got what Duratan was thinking. I got what Orgium and Drakkar and Gul'dan and Blackhand, you know, I sort of understood their sort of motivations. As, as maybe cliched those motivations are, whereas I think the attempts to make the humans like complex characters just means you're kind of like, like, why do I care what they do next or, or what their relationships are to each other? Because they're all taught to each other like old friend. And it's just like, I don't get that feeling. <laughs> I don't get that vibe that Lothar and Medivh used to hang out I mean, and stuff. Also, like, um, like Luthar's got a son who's like... Maybe Lothar. Lothar's got a son who's like, looks five years younger than him. <laughs> and it was like, hmm... But yeah, I just, I just sort of feel, I, I think it doesn't help if your lead actor, and again, question mark on who the lead is, because it is just all kind of scattered around. Are we following medieval Lothar or, you know, Lane or whatever? It doesn't help that he is uncharismatic. I just don't understand, like every kind of quip he does do, like falls so flat <laughs> Just like, was that meant to be a joke? Like, what is that aside you're you're doing at this moment? And I just didn't get any sort of sense of who he was as a person. And that kind of goes for everyone, even the people who do have, you know, internal conflicts within them. It's all expressed through dialogue and it's not expressed through performance. It's all just like, oh, you know, you're doing this now? Okay, you know, you're de- you've declared it, but I've not seen you really feel it yeah and and again i i have to say the thing is i felt what something that lord of the rings does you get a sense of history and and obviously it benefits with all this book which they could just pull from and you see this like how in lord of the rings like everything in like um who who are the horsey people in lord of the rings elves no (laughs) not no the horses no the guys who really like horses the vikings of the horse plane i've just i live in the golden riders of rohan rohan i don't know the horsey people elves yeah (laughs) they look like horses i guess they've got long ears i'm just you know you just see the horse design and like kind of everything they wear and and yeah and and that it seems unfair to compare the Lord of the Rings to Warcraft, but then Warcraft has so much lore itself. So I feel like you, that's not a good enough excuse. I just got no sense of history in Warcraft for some reason. And I like the orcs, they talk about honor so much, but I just, you never see, you never see what an honorable orc looks like really. You just get to see people moaning about how this isn't honorable. I just, I don't know what it is. There's just something there I can't is a, put my finger on. Yeah. And I don't want to get into, there's that famous interview, which that, BBC journalist, I think his name Adam Rosser, did with Duncan Jones on the release of Warcraft. And he basically just like spent this five minutes press junket puff 
interview quote unquote you did air quotes there um just laying into the movie and sort of saying like do you think you were the right person to make this movie oh and all this trying it's very awkward and like duncan jones like handles himself very well and the interviewer just like gets up and leaves at the end <laughs> it's like so it's so i'm bizarre. leaving he takes his mic off and just storms yeah, out well no but like yeah the interviewer just says like thanks thing we got everything and then just walks off I don't know. um so I don't want to get into sort of that, but like, you know, there is that argument about like, yes, we're only taking like a, a sliver of the law, you know, if you wanted to do anything more. And I think the, one of the problems is that, yeah, Lord of the Rings is like, you don't have to have read the books to sort of know what's going on, because I think it kind of like introduces these elements with pace. And it, do, it does help that Lord of the Rings, they were making three films and this, they were mm. only making one, which was, it meant they could tease out stuff and they didn't have to be like, we have to introduce all these different species and everything and places all at once. I think the start of this film, it's fine to just be like, place name, place name, place name, place name, proper noun, proper noun, proper noun. And you need the subtitles in order to work out who's happening. And that's like a shorthand to suggest a living, breathing world. But to me, it comes across as like checkbots, checkbots, checkbots for the fans. Because yeah. I think you're introduced, there are like... in the, Sorry, oh, to interrupt. Crucially, though, Lord of the Rings trilogy never has those titles coming up saying we are in... Yes. You'd normally have a character saying we are in the Golden Lands of whatever. So. But I think at, this, you know, at the start of this film, uh, well, after the sort of titles... There is maybe in the space of 90 seconds, we are introduced to three different places which show up as Ironforge, Stormwind, Goldshire. And it's just like, <laughs> okay, do I need to be paying attention? Do I need to be making notes? Mm. Because you're introduced to all these characters and all these places. It's just like, will we see them again? Uh, yeah, the mid-credit sequence is a test. <laughs> yeah, it's just like Duncan Jones four points. appears in person in the intermission and just says, like, I'll now test you on your knowledge of uh, Azeroth. Yeah, but don't even mention the word name Azeroth until quite later on. Mm. And they're just like, so I guess we're in Azeroth. Is the green magic, drow magic, <laughs> spell magic, or fell magic? <laughs> when is the timer? Guardian, what is the fell? A magic unlike any other. It feeds on life itself. It pollutes the user, twisting everything it touches. It promises great power, but it exacts a terrible price. There is no place for the fell in Azeroth. You've done the right thing. We'll go. Um, yeah, just, just on the point of like law versus knowledge, I mean, again, we've said we are not fans of the games or we've not played the games well enough i want to bring your attention to the fact that in our recent 100th episode where we said our our favorite film and our favorite tv show our favorite animation we gave plaudits to arcane and dragon's quest your story and these are both huge franchises of loads of lore and the shows themselves were 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 fantastic and yes yeah and i just wasn't that invested in this but yes. shall we go into why in a more spoilery way yes let's go through the great gate into the portal of the spoiler realm great so first question why is the gate so tall because <laughs> like <laughs> they, they only could go through this gate like 
the width of it, I imagine there's like maybe 10 orcs, right? In a, you know, side by side. And then like they spend, you build that bit and then you, you, you we, we, we join the film and they're building a gate like mile high. Well, isn't there like, the, they go through it uh, vertically and they come out horizontally? I didn't get that. Because I think they're sort of, Oh, maybe I wasn't paying attention. Maybe, well, maybe they... I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> hmm. Because they go when they go through the portal, they go into like space, and then they come back out. But then they kind of emerge near a pond, and I couldn't work out whether they fell from the sky. Well, I mean, or the pond was the portal. But then just... they find the. Do they build another great game? I wonder if I should watch that bit again. No, I'm um, all I can. All I can say, I just didn't. It seemed like an unnecessarily large portal, considering that everyone who travels through it. Is like, I think orcs are like the size of a van, and you're... I think yeah, maybe they're waiting for when the horde does come through on mass, and they've got like someone who's really tall. No, or there's like they do it on one's on a motorcycle, and everyone else is in a pyramid <laughs> in a big triangle, or just like moving whole like, like houses. If there was one shot of like a flying orc or like just a flying enemy, just something to say that some there's stuff coming through the yeah, sky. A big but no, elephant. It just seemed, I just imagine all these workers on like their 10th week making a really big portal. It's like, did we need to? There's just a bit where Goldan, who's like overseeing the construction of the gate and he sort of looks at the sheet of the, <laughs> of the, of the thing and then he just turns it from like portrait to landscape. <laughs> and he goes, and he's just like, God oh. damn it. <laughs> I won't tell anyone. <laughs> oh yeah, like a real spinal to... tap moment. Yeah. <laughs> it should have been a lot wider rather than taller. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, well, I think we sussed that. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so, oh, what am I going? So, uh, more more general. I mean, again, there's stuff I liked about it. As I said, one thing I do like, and I'm pleased to hear that Duncan Jones brought that in, was just how multifaceted the orcs were. I think it's all too often you get just a uh, monolithic enemy, is what, I guess what I'm trying to say. Monolithic is religion, I think. Yeah, more like a uh, hegemonic. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's like, it's so funny in Star Trek, I like to bring up my old Star Trek, when you find a Klingon scientist, because you think Klingons are all about honour and like killing people really well. And and sometimes they, you find a Klingon scientist, because who else builds their spaceships? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think a real strength of this film is that Jiratan, I mean, again, he's kind of a passive character, but I did like how we are, we're introduced to orcs who, are, orcs who are traditionally, in fiction, kind of bad. Um, and there's this one guy who's like, maybe maybe this wizard using the death magic hasn't, hasn't got our best interest. And there was a moment I was watching this film and I was like saying out loud, why are they fleeing their world like what have they done to the world like you know are they just have they basically polluted their own world and literally as i was saying that duritan starts going i'm wondering if it's the dark magic like gold gold goldan goldan is using and i was like oh oh that makes sense that's cool there's a reason and like he looks to his right and everything's green and he looks to his left and like as a waistband and Goldan standing in the middle of it, <laughs> like sucking souls. Yeah, just like so the fell, which is this green magic, uh, it, it's fueled by life. So clearly, you know, the idea that they're fleeing a dying world, it's like he's using the magic to sort of, you know, basically kill the world in order to find a new one. It's which... very nebulous, though, on what fell magic does. I think the film it makes portals. It makes you look slightly. Gribblier or slightly more tough 
Yeah. That seems to be it. I love the whole concept of there being a price for magic. So I love how, you know, there is your regular magic and then there is mm, darker magic, which comes at, at, the, at the price yeah, of Yeah, your blood. MP. <laughs> it's like this magic re- re- reduces I MP. I talking about like MPs as in parliament, <laughs> like sucking the life force out at number 10. Oh, they suck the life force out of me. Um, so yeah, magic that uses your MP and magic, which maybe depletes your HP at the same mm. time. So I like that, but as I alluded to, so in Duotan and his orc mates, they've got nuance, but like, I don't know how compelling he is. Like, you are an invading force, and he just seems to be getting like, he seems to be, they arrive, and he's like, mm, I'm having second thoughts about invading this world. And I'm like, well, you you kind of committed now. <laughs> I guess it's I guess it's hard if you like you're from a very war based society to like you know maybe sort of stand up and and like yeah. think actually is war so great and like and there is a line actually one of my favorite bits is when um, Duratan meets Luther Lothar 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 for the first time and just think of like what you use to scrub yourself in the shower Luther. <laughs> oh, that doesn't help does it someone who sits on the sofa all day the king Lothar. there's a moment when like our heroes our human heroes they transport right in front of the king they arrive in the throne room and like the king happens to be sitting on the throne it really got me thinking like how, how many hours a week does the king sit on the throne like is king charles like just sat on the throne right now saying just i'm just and what would I give for someone to teleport in front of me? <laughs> I just want a wizard to show up right now. Um, but no, I, I, I think you, you, you do have the seeds of doubt early no, on. No, sorry. Oh no, I was going to just quickly say my favorite bit is when, like the, when they're talking through a translator, yeah. and and the orc says, Durotan says, we, for us, war is life, and this is how we do things. But I just that's another case of them saying something, but I never get a sense of it really. Yeah, I, I, you, there are the seeds of doubt early on, and I think like when they go to Earth and they're basically just like pillaging villages, and they were like, we were expecting like a war, we were expecting a fight, you know, that was the what Goldan had sort of promised in a way. Okay. So I, I feel yeah. like there's like a little bit like, huh, actually this isn't, and then like the real soldiers show up and they says, oh, okay, now actually it is, but um, yeah, it's it's like how do you become like chieftain of the Frostwolf Clan if you're being a real whiny baby about it um but i i don't know i i so i do i do like the performance i do think the character is it's nice and so like the it's toby kebble who's playing duratan who um was playing one of the other chimps in planet of the apes and was playing kong in kong skull island so he has like mocap form but i guess i first saw him in dead man's shoes um, yes. playing Paddy Constantine's brother, and uh, he was also in Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Oh, yes. Um, so... Playing that white dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. With amongst all the other white dudes <laughs> of Persia. Um, um, yeah. yeah, so I, I I do think generally, like, the sort of... The org performances, you have, like, Clancy Brown of, like, Highlander, and, and oh, um, right. we mentioned him in the Mortal Kombat animated movie episode because he plays Raiden in the Mortal Kombat animated series. Um, but he plays like Black Hand. Daniel Wu plays Goldan, who was Sorry, in the I Tomb like, Raider movie. I just picture all these artists like getting really jacked in like the gym, <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, <laughs> slap on some green makeup. It's like, 
what's what's this? It's like you, you mean I was in the gym for ten months. <laughs> no one, oh, no one wants to go to bed with me. I look so repulsive. I'm so huge. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I I think the as much I do appreciate the orcs, but I do think as good as they sort of look and are as rendered and, and stuff, it, it it is a shame. I feel very sad for Paula Patton, who plays Garona, the sort of the half breed, uh, as she's called. Yeah, I'm going to um, say it. Like, so, so someone slept with an orc. They don't. I mean, they don't go into they, detail. They... I mean, there there is a little bit of like uh, later on. Like they've all kind of got the hots for her, like all the humans. There's a sudden and switch like when this... he starts fancying. We start kissing. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, come on. Like there's this desperation, and there's there's also self esteem. It's just weird, like yeah, oh, like they've done it with an orc bragging rights. Yeah, so they they have this kind of bit where they're they sort of traveling orc-asm. and orc Yeah, they they're <laughs> having this sort of late night bone banter and they're talking about how like your bones would break if you had sex with an orc kind of stuff. And I don't know. Yeah, I just I, death by snoo snoo. It is a bit death by snoo snoo. <laughs> it's just it's like I it's it's better like her character looks a bit better when they finally put her in some human armor mm. when she is basically the return of the jedi like jabber slave girl kind of stuff and i get it because she's a prisoner and whatever but it's just like a, it's i you i just didn't she wasn't hot enough for you was she no she just <laughs> she, yeah she wasn't awkward enough for me no i i just i feel very sorry for her because it's it's like not a great makeup do you job. think i mean one thing i was wondering though this is an expensive film already. Do you think her character was played by a human or he just even created so there was less money having to be spent on orcs? No, I mean, I think it's like an exposition tool and obviously she, you know, jumping right to the end. I'm sorry, she's, go on. No, you go. You but, go. Yeah, jump, but jumping right to the end, you know, she fulfills a purpose in the sense of being the kind of union between human and orc and i guess that would play into whatever potential sequel etc there is a sprinkling of sequel setting not yes. so obnoxious as we've seen but watching it again as he said like on a previous ghostbusters episode we might not like a film but we we always want things to succeed and i'd like to have seen another film actually i think it in the uk at least this film was called warcraft the beginning yes i remember that um, which felt like sort of so they would avoid being sued in like Trade Descriptions Act or, or, or something to sort of like say, no, no, we understand this isn't the whole movie. We understand <laughs> this. It, it does peter out. I feel a lot of this stuff peters out. Like, I, I feel like the film peets around about the first hour. Once, once I think after Subduratan tries to strike a deal with the humans and there's this big ambush at Black Rock, that's like the point at which the film like i think it sort of builds and builds and builds has this moment and then like the back half is just real like whatever i I can like we everything's been set up we know now who the villains are we know now who the goodies are and then it just kind of like doesn't know what to do with that it's just like uh, i guess we'll just make them fight each other some more yeah i I just try like so i want to ask a question though i'm trying to avoid calling her gamora who is another yes. green lady. Garona. She is Garona. She comes from the orc world. Are there humans in the orc world? She says that she learnt from humans um, because they had human prisoners. 
Yes. And at the very start of the film, she is talking to a race of something in their own language. I did read who they were. They're from the games. Okay. So it's clear that the orcs have other species in the world at which they come from. Wouldn't and it be so... hilarious if they included something deliberately not from the games? Just the fuck off <laughs> Warcraft fans. Be creative these new species. Yeah. Or just they like, in, like, I don't know. Well, about... like in Detective Pikachu, they introduced a Pokemon that doesn't really exist. Oh my God. That would create a just unreality bomb. Yeah. We made Mew 3. <laughs> um... So okay, so she so there's there's obviously some humans somehow in the orc world explaining her birth. Yeah, but potentially it doesn't like they mentioned the fact that her mother was burned alive for giving birth to her, and her name means cursed and orc dumb. Mm. But she was saved by Gul'dan for reasons they don't explain. Um, but clearly, like him thinking she has some completely sort of... innocent reason, I <laughs> imagine. Yes, completely innocent. Um, yeah, so there is like little flavors of of backstory and and yeah, like I said, sort of complex characterization, but just it it comes so briefly to the fore and then sort of disappears again, and it all feels very like we need a moment where people connect about something, and then we'll just kind of like scatter it away um as soon as it's no longer useful like i'm trying to yeah and we, we just we just do dip into a lot of things which kind of get quickly forgotten because guess what glenn close is in this movie yep like in i wrote here like a ridiculously overqualified actress for such a small scene there's um a bit when like we haven't talked about some of the characters there's like a a wizard i didn't write his name down Cadgar, are we talking about? Like the, the apprentice yeah. spell chucker. And he was, yeah, I like that slang, spell chucker. Um, he, we have a bit of backstory about he was, he, he ran, was he sent to wizard school? Yeah, he was sent to the Kieran Tor. Kieran Tor. And there's a bit, but he, he fled. And so there's a, there's a whole little dynamic between him and Medivh, the guardian of Azeroth, and... He's the main wizard. He's the main wizard, before he turns medieval. <laughs> ah. um, I actually quite liked him. I just... Because he, he's wearing his wizard robes. But we're introduced <laughs> to him making a golem, because he's a Jewish wizard, I suppose. Um, all bare-chested bare and covered in clay. I, I liked how he had mood robes. Like, <laughs> he, he changed colour of his robes depending about how like evil he was going to become. And that, that, so Medivh is played by Ben Foster, who is like a good actor, but again, I feel like, I just don't, he, he usually plays like baddies or like weirdos. And here he plays a weirdo who's meant to be nice and then eventually becomes bad. So it's like, it should be in his like ballpark, but I just don't think he has any like, he usually plays like a twitchy freak. And here there's like just no gravitas. And I, there's like this idea that maybe he's like, they say, oh, he has an edge today, all this kind of stuff. So he's using magic to, like, maybe he's... Now, didn't they say that to the... Morose, or what? He yeah. Is, is like apprentice. I thought Morose, the apprentice, was going to be evil. Because no one ever says you haven't aged a day without there being some sort of sinister... But it's weird. I, I, I don't know whether that explains because they have to go up this big spiral staircase to get to him. And there's, like, Commander Lothar, who's, like, head of the armies. He gets tired out. Yeah. And there's, like, Wizard who lives there is just like, yeah, whatever. It's just a staircase. Get over it. And I don't know whether that was meant to be like magic makes them healthy or magic makes them uh, young or or whatever. It's just good eating. It's just good, it's just yeah. a healthy wizard Veg- diet. Vegan wizard diets, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I 
I think Ben Foster is a good actor. I don't think he's right for this part. And again, with this Cadgar guy, everyone looks too cosplay. Everyone looks too. I was kind very of like, distracted by the fake beards. Yeah, everyone's mix. either sort of too pretty or too like clean, and there's just no grit or earth in mm. in the. They should, the characters. Have, they should have taken um, the king's face. Who plays the king? Forgotten. Uh, Dominic name. Cooper of, of Need for Speed fame. They could have got Dominic Cooper, smudged some dirt right in his face. <laughs> Just like a king would. Just like a king would. Um, but I've already forgotten. We're talking about Cadgar going to Kieran Tor back to see the Archmages where Glenn Close lives in a big purple yeah, black box. I think my favourite bit... So It's just so funny. You, you, This is what I was talking about, the weird artifice of the world, and it's probably because of the video game, but he arrives at this kind of floating palace and all the wizards are stood in this very thin circle and you get the impression they're just, they're just standing, looking at each other, waiting for, them, for, the, for the main actor to arrive. So that was weird, but then they, he's brought to like a special cube, and then like a weird portal opens in the cube. And my favorite bit was like, I'm going to call him Quildor again. I think he's just he's an archmage. The 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 wizard apprentice goes, "Do I go in?" And the guy goes, "I don't know. That's never happened before." And that's funny. Like yeah, that's I think slightly I th- meta. I don't know. I think when he arrives, Cadgar is a bit like, oh. Um... Like evil stuff is happening. Medivh has been poisoned by the fell, and that archmage just goes, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, the prophecy was true. Well, one of them. There are hundreds. Hedlar! How dare you return here? Get out! I come seeking your wisdom. There is nothing for you here now. The guardian Medivh is unwell. What? He has been poisoned by the fell. What? Ridiculous. What do you know of the dark portal? You come back and accuse the Guardian! What is Aladai? Aladai. What is it? An entity from a time before the Kirin Tor existed. You think it served a function similar to that of the Guardian? Protector. No one beyond the Arch Council knows of its existence. And it will stay that way. For you to mention it in the same breath as the Dark Portal is too much to be mere... Coincidence. Do I go in? I don't know. It's never done that before. But then she goes into the black... cube... And going closer, just crouched in there and in really cool, smoky robes. But all she's saying again is like bullshit. She's just talking about without light. What is the quote? Did you write it down? So she says, no one can stand against darkness alone. So she's sort of basically saying, you know, because... You need friends. You need friends to help you out. And then she says, from light comes darkness, darkness light. And speaking of Willow, I'm pretty sure that's the only dialogue in the Willow trailer. And that's just the sort of, you know, in the Mystery Men, it's a sphinx. There's like really bullshit, non sequitur dialogue. It's just, it's just that sort of, give me something better than that. And Cadgar kind of responds with like, I don't know what to do. And it's just like, yeah, that makes us both Cadgar. And like, in the end... When Medivh does turn medieval, as you as you said, and Cadgar does kind of like defeat him, he just says 
the same thing. So like from light comes darkness, darkness light, and he absorbs the fell, and then there's like a big blast, and everything's okay, and it's just like oh, I guess that worked. But I mean, this this could be how why this could be could be a line from the games, which yes. is just so important that there's entire websites named after it. I'm sure, and Tumblr posts, and I mean, what the fuck does one ring to rule them all mean? <laughs> I mean, I was wondering the other day what the rings of power. TV show was about because I'm four episodes in and I was getting similar vibes to this where a lot of people are talking of great import but I was just not invested and I was just like wondering aloud what is the show about and then someone's like someone told me well it's about making the rings of power I was like oh yeah <laughs> I guess so so um, I hope we're gonna get to see some rings <laughs> eventually um I mean one <laughs> Dorotan has a wife Drakkar. Drakkar, and they have a child together. Um, and, like, she is a lady orc who is CGI. So, again, that makes the one lady other orc we see kind of weird well, looking. she's half orc. Drak- she, this is fully Drakkar orc. is whole orc, so she has to be computer generated. But there's a bit when the shit sort of hits the fan where Juratan starts to rise up against... Or he rises up against uh, Goldan. I really am going to get all these names wrong, aren't I? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll point it out if you do. <laughs> and um, she escapes with her child, her green child, because when they go through the portal at the start of the film, the child doesn't survive the trip. And then Goldan uses dark fell magic. Using a deer, which is handy nearby, he sucks the magic out, the life out of the deer and gives the life back onto the baby. The baby goes green, which signifies... You are infected with fell magic, and as far as I gather, that this actual baby's got a name, Goel, I and think then cool. it becomes a sort of significant character called Thrall in the franchise itself. So that's another sort of semi seed for sequels. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I mentioned shit hitting the fan because she eventually has to flee with the child, and then she puts the baby onto a little raft, and then she attacks or gets attacked by Blackhand or one of the fallen orcs and she kind of fridges herself. She kind of... And she's not fridging because I don't think... No, she tries to defend, like, because she lets the baby go down the the River Moses style and then some baddie appears and she attacks the baddie to buy the baby more time. Yeah. And then... But, like, she bites... I think the neck of the orc and kills him, but she is also killed in the process by a sword. Well, I can just I bring that scene up because the scene ends with her with a sword in her belly. She's looking. She she she, she lies backwards. She's looking out over the water, and you see the rough floating away. And I really wanted to, like it to fall off a waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh my baby's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, as a rough falls, it yeah. was like a big sign. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's lucky that there's no waterfalls. But, you know, she... I, There's not much to her character, really. I guess it was just... just there's was some nice right. little playful, like, romantic orc banter between Duratan and Drakkar and, and stuff. Again, like, you know, it's 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 there is more characterization and, and I... I Bought more into the story of the Orts than I did any single human being in their relationships. Like I don't, I don't think Lothar actually ever thought about his own son until he died. <laughs> I don't think like yeah they kind of mention like Lo like it's all very at the very start that like oh Lothar is the brother of the of the queen. Um, 
there's there's all this kind of interpersonal stuff which is just thrown at the start and then you kind of have to like pick out what's actually useful um later on and and some comes back and some doesn't um it just hangs around in the air like a <laughs> like a fart the reason why the son dies is that there is this middle sequence where they the orcs and the humans try to talk and the orcs want to basically tell the humans we think our leader orc is a badin um but somehow the the orcs got wind i think one of doltan's second in commands got wind of the meeting up and so yeah they had orky talkies <laughs> The best joke of the episode? <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, it's so all an ambush. Everything goes to shit. Uh, luckily, um, I'm going to call him Eevee now from Pokemon. He's called him Medivh. Medivh. Um, he creates like an electrical barrier right in the middle of this convenient canyon we're all in. But like Lufar, Lufor's... Lothar. Lothar's son is on the other side. And so he gets stabbed. I bring this scene up because there's a lot of magic, as well as the CGI orcs, there's a lot of magic. What do you think about how that looks? There's a lot of soul-sucking. There's a lot of uh, green magic. I like how colourful it is, but it's, it doesn't look great because there's so many things where people are being thrown in the air or, or like launched against walls by either lots and lots of blue fire or flames surrounding them or lots of green wibbly wobbly stuff and it just kind of looks like it's not actually there i just don't it's just sort of like splashed upon them mm. i like the bit you know i like bright blue bright green that's that's nice but um the magic itself never looks like it's it's really doing anything apart from that lightning barrier that's kind of a bit more solid yeah it reminds me of like lightning in the 80s where we're like drawing yeah. it onto the frame but maybe again maybe just that's how it looks like in the game so that's kind of how it has to look yeah i, I I'm, I'm sure a lot of this does look very i mean we you know we mentioned the costumes and all that kind of stuff i'm sure it's very you know on point in terms of of representing um that but yeah it's it's whether it works in film is is always the tricky bit always the tricky bit cinema used to make you believe in magic but now it's all CGI. Um, I've got not much more to say. I was watching this with subtitles on Netflix to help me out with the names. That clearly worked. Uh, but I enjoyed, like, there's a scene, I think it's when, I mean, I'll say, weirdly, Duratan, for being, like, effectively the co-lead, his plot fizzles out with his eventual just death. He, he, he challenges... Um, he challenges Gold down to Makgora. Yes, which is like a ritual fight for leadership of a clan. And his plan, I think he knows he's going to die. His plan is, to, or at the very least, he knows he's going to push Gold down in such a way that he has to show that he's using magic to win this honourable fight. And for some reason, that's cheating. Again, I, never, I didn't see the rule book beforehand. Where it's ultimate fighting yeah. championship, where anything goes. I mean, if if UFC, if somebody showed up at UFC and used you know magic, would that be allowed? I think it, it's it's weird because then later on, uh, Lothar challenges Black Hand mm-hmm. to Matt His hand gets shut off in halfway through the film. Does yeah, Black Hand like it, that's convenient? That oh, my name makes sense now. Um, and. You know, spoilers for like towards the end, but like Lothar 
kills Blackhand in the Makgora by basically sliding underneath his legs and slicing his balls off. And that's really anticlimactic as well. But then they're all like, no, the human won fairly. And I'm like, really? Is, is that like in your honourable conquest? Yes, balls, fine. Magic, no. I just thought it was funny how they were all like, oh, Goldon's using magic. Oh, I can't believe it. Oh, he's a, he's treacherous and well, no, we, we don't like him. This is the and scene... then this time they were like, oh, the human won fairly because he did like... You know, a really dirty trick. <laughs> but no, I'll, you remind me why I brought up subtitles because in that scene, like Orc Six says that's cheating. <laughs> orc Seven says this. Then it went up to Orc Eight. It's like, I mean, how many Orcs are we going to get? <laughs> um, also, whenever magic is used or whenever any Orc language is used, the subtitles just said other language, which I guess is technically correct. But I'm so used to films saying people are speaking Elvish or sort of Klingon that it's just funny that the subtitles are like, I'm not going to look this up. <laughs> I am Duratan, son of Garoth, chieftain of the Frostwolf clan, and I am here to kill Gul'dan. Ghosts cannot invoke Mokgorah. You are the chieftain of no clan. Your people are food for worms. Some of us still live, war chief. Shall I make a quick end of them? I always thought you were one for tradition, Blackhand. Duratan. Your clan was weak and you are a traitor. I accept your challenge if only to personally rip the heart out of your pathetic body. Word of the portal. You must be ready when the incantation begins. This won't take long. Duratan is like, he fights the wizard and then just dies. And like, that's the end of his story, I guess? He's sort of, he seems to have a kind of a minimal impact on proceedings. Yeah. He's just one of the reasons why his friend... Orgum. Doomhammer? Yeah. I got Doomhammer. That's his surname. <laughs> his Christian name is Doomhammer. <laughs> Yes, he is Christian. Um, yeah, Doomhammer, I think that's just one of the reasons why he decides to become leader of the clan. It, yeah, it's like a martyr for the cause. Yeah, it just and, seems yeah. weird that it wasn't the, the main reason, since we spend so much time with him and invest so much time with him. And Yeah, it is a bit weird because so it, it kind of culminates and you have this thing where you have the orcs fighting amongst each other because Goldan is using the fell magic to create this big portal. And it turns out orcs didn't just appear in Azeroth, they were summoned. And it was Medivh who did the summoning. Mm. And so while Medivh has now gone fully fell and he looks pretty badass and metal because it's like oh. his face is all like... He become, he's the most interesting he's ever been. <laughs> <laughs> he's um, like a vessel for fell magic and summoning some CGI bullshit monster at the end. So you have Medivh versus Khadgar and Lothar in his Kazakhstan. No, where is it? Kazakhstan. Uh, to the bridge of Kazakhstan! Karazan. Karazan is his magic place. Um, and then on the sidelines, you have to have Goldan trying to open in the gate, but he's busy fist fighting Duratan and then defeats Duratan using his fell magic. But then the sort of gates open and the hall come through. But then at the same time, the king is King Lane is also there approaching the gate. And so there's like orc v orc, but then there's 
human versus orc, and they have to free the human prisoners, and then they open up the gate to go back to Stormwind. So, um... And then that portal <laughs> then closes, and then Lane is like, okay, this isn't going very well. In order to kind of end this conflict, at least temporarily, we need to make you, Garona, sort of the hero. And Garona, basically, the king basically just says, like, go on, Garona, give me a little stab in the neck and kill me. So this is like, was there any lead up to this? Because, yeah, there's a, there's a big battle happening where orcs are fighting humans, orcs are fighting orcs, and you're right, the portal had been opened to the orc world, but then in his dying breath, Medivh sees the light and he transmit he makes sure he makes the portal turn to storm in the human yep. city and then the portal then closes i think because then Medivh dies and all the portals close and then it's suddenly decided that the best thing to do is for um garona to and the king suggests hey garona if you kill me <laughs> This might seem like a bit of an extreme plan. If you kill me, then you will become the champion of the orcs, and then you will be able to force a peace. Yes, well, you'll be... It's like, it's better you're leading the orcs than yes. Goldan. And then G- Garona should have said, are you sure <laughs> that an orc killing the king is not going to make the humans so angry that peace is impossible? You should have said that, because then the king would have been like, no, 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 I'll be fine. <laughs> I've seen the ending of this movie. Believe it unites me. the alliance. I'll be dead. I won't care. <laughs> Just get me out of here. I, meant, I'm, I, I saw the contract for the next few movies. None of the characters in this film want anything. I want to die. I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving you... <laughs> you know, you're writing that book of screenwriting down. The characters must want something. The king... <laughs> He wants to die and there should be a whole subplot like whenever he's off screen the king's trying to be somehow die that's a very nice guillotine you've got there (laughs) let me just test it out (laughs) it's like sir yeah he can't he he doesn't believe in suicide but he's trying to somehow like unscrewing the blade of his own sword it's like let me just waggle this around a bit I'll just fall off my horse into battle it's like a version of um, A Fish Called Wanda where someone's trying Michael Palin is trying to kill this old lady except um, the old lady's also Michael Palin (laughs) (laughs) he's just trying to like oh no that was my favourite griffin and it's crashed Um, I did like it when the griffin was going all bonkers and killing orcs for like five seconds but then the king is killed by uh, Garona and everything works out yeah, it, it, it then, you know, that's when you ba- basically, again, it's it's one of those things where, like, this plan just requires a lot of other things to happen for it to actually pay off. Because, yeah, you have Lothar shows up too late and he gets knocked out and then it's like Macgora time because this is like... We just got to do this bit now. Okay, if this plan does require somebody to see... Garona kill the king or people believe Garona killed the king because it's yeah, a she fucking got, battle she got a very specific dagger from the queen yes. so that's kind of like I will remember it. this yeah exactly um, but then yeah so Lothar defeats Blackhand 
And the orts are all like, let them pass. And Goldan is just like, no, I'll do it myself. And then Doran is like, if you do this, you lose the horde. And the, this war is only the beginning. Warcraft, the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lothar flies off. On his griffin. He doesn't just <laughs> take flight. Oh, yeah. And I the griffin I is like, fly. you could do that, you cheeky bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is very exhausting. This is a fantasy yeah. world. It's toodles. I know. Um, you can always fly? Yeah. I guess then Lothar flies off. Oregon takes Doratin's dead tooth for his son. Yeah, that's the thing. You, you carry the teeth of and, your victims. But does Golden die? Um, right. No, he must die. I'm sure he dies. I'm now, I'm, I don't, it's that thing where the medallion effect, I don't know if the image of him dying in my head is made up by my own brain. Yeah. I imagine his magic gets sucked down. He's like, oh no, my magic. I'm not sure he does. I think Garon is just like, look, if you do this, then you lose the horse. It's so bad. I am going to look this up. I watched this last night. Hold on, let me see if I can bring it up right now. Look, there's okay. Hold well on. done, everyone. Oh, man. This war is only beginning. Oh, uh, so he doesn't die. That's yeah. Goldan literally just like growls and walks off. Fucking killed Duratan. He now works for a children's charity, <laughs> <laughs> the Goldan Foundation. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Ah, oh, I. Goldan Petting Zoo for all the for all the uh, animals that he used uh, for fuel. That's just so. I mean, that's the, that's, that's the thing. Su- I'm giving this one less star. I mean, I should have been paying attention to this. But I guess that's the thing about how this is called like Warcraft the beginning because it does sort of culminate. I, I mean, I I like how it's left in this sort of like oh, orcs and humans versus each other. And, and the sort of exposition at the start kind of explains, because it has, has Duratan sort of narrating, saying, there's been a war between orcs and humans, for as long as can be remembered, that there was once a time where we did not even know who our enemy was, or what the evil green magic the fell had done to us. But in the <laughs> beginning, how could we have known? What could we have done? I like the What idea chance did we have? You've just reminded me that this is a film which has an opening narration by a character who ends up dying. And maybe like another famous film, he's narrating from like, he's face down in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just like in Hollywood. <laughs> well, I mean, there is like the font, the magic font. So it could have been like bobbing up and down in like the. Uh, uh, oh, sorry, I thought you were about like the text fonts. Yeah, there's a bit when like Medivh has like a glowing blue pool, and then he sits in it, and the water goes green. I'm like, oh, he's got that stuff which detects if you've pissed in it. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, it's just weird. Yeah, no, I think. Like I said, it does sort of... Like, at the end of the film, the king, like, Luthor... Luthor? Lothar. Lothar becomes the king. Well, no, he, he doesn't really. No, he, he, they, it's an alliance. They get all the the dwarves and the, and the elves. That's the thing, that they create the alliance. And I didn't realise they create the alliance that moment. Mm. I thought they were always the alliance. But again, that's because I don't play the games. But yes, there's... There, <laughs> there are... Uh, I think quite nicely realise dwarfs and elves who look very much like the game, which means they are very distinctively different from the pointy-eared elves we've seen like everything else, like Lord of the Rings et al. Yeah, he does go up to... It's crucial that his, um, the king, the king is married to his sister and he goes up and he hugs his sister and I just really got like proper like incest vibes. Is that a smiley face in the clouds? <laughs> 
Yeah, we're always just looking at like like what is this podcast is always trying to find meaning in places where none might exist. <laughs> do, you think, do you think that's King Lane looking down? Yeah, King Lane, <laughs> like Mufasa style. <laughs> like yeah, so King Lane appears in the clouds to some rando and like. I need you to do this for me. And I, I don't even know who you are. I hated the royalty. Anyway, getting a bit sidetracked. I just think it just, as I said earlier, I feel it kind of just peters out a bit. And then I didn't, I, I just, I just got a bit bored of the whole thing. And I wasn't very interested in the CGI battle because I see, I just see so many CGI battles now. Like I know I'm just into my genre stuff, but like Marvel, a Marvel film or a fantasy film, it's so refreshing when it doesn't end in a big battle and yeah this is just dull so uh... <laughs> i mean at least in the name of the king the dungeon siege tale had like ray liotta and matthew lillard trying to compete for the award of biggest ham um mm. i mean yeah that's the thing they, when they go out there i would i would recommend like in the name of the king because that has got some great physical stunt work i mean i wouldn't recommend in the name of the king i'm just sort of saying <laughs> yeah. counter just counterpoint in terms of the humans at least there is some kind of like ridiculousness or you know just something to hold on to yeah here i i, I still think that the strength is with with the orts with the realizing of the sort of the cg and that kind of stuff and i think it does make some interesting you know it it zades when you expect to zag in a, a, a couple of moments um i would maybe have given it an extra point if they had retained the chesney Hawks cameo because um, Duncan Jones uses the song "The One and Only" in his in his right. other films, and there is a cameo deleted scene of Chesney Hawks, the actual Chesney Hawks, singing a lute rendition of "The One and Only" in oh a my tavern. God, um, that makes me reminds me of when I saw that King Arthur movie made by Guy Ritchie, and like. <sighs> when Arthur is pulling the sword from the stone, like the actual David Beckham is there. <laughs> just the most distracting cameo <laughs> I've ever seen. And I was just like, I was really, I don't go to the cinema drunk much, but I was really drunk when I went <laughs> to see this film. And I kind of felt like David Beckham was talking at me. He's like, get your fingers around it. I'm going to go tug. He literally says that. And I'm like, what's going on, David? <laughs> anyway, I think that wraps up our Warcraft review. <laughs> Yeah, man, uh, it's a bit, it's a bit of a shame, but you know, it's just there is still good in it. There is still good in it, but you have to dig. It's corrupted by yeah evil magic. I will say the music's good. I like the main theme. It is a bit dom dom dom. Yeah, but... it reminded me of Game of Thrones for some reason. I wonder why. And the Queen's Corgi, which is done by the same uh... Ramen Jawadi. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I think it's a good main theme. It's it's it gets you pumped. It does get you pumped. Yeah, it yeah. does that. I want to get that sweet orc body. <laughs> I think the wizard body though is more achievable. <laughs> uh, I've got a wizard's body. <laughs> Look at this, the wizard, the body of a wizard. <laughs> yeah, the body of a warlock. That sounds a bit more hardcore. Mm. I mean, anyway, yes, it does, Roy. <laughs> um, so. Until next time, how can people keep in touch with games or film? 
You can visit our website, gamesonfilm.witsite.com slash podcast. We are also on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as long as it still exists, at gamesonfilmpod. So please do follow us there for all the latest video game movie news. Um, We are also on email. Yes, gamesonfilmpod at gmail.com, so do please get in touch. And all episodes of the podcast are available wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, so please do like, rate, review, share, and subscribe. I'm on Twitter at Rory Steele. I'm at Only Man Who Can, and I, I did sign up to Mastodon, but I've not made it work yet. But I'm um, uh, look for me there if you can. I think we've also got, as well as our website, there's like Linktree where all our links are. So you'll find us there wherever if Twitter doesn't exist. Speaking of link. We were talking about 80s fantasy earlier. If I could make a Legend of Zelda movie, I've now decided it'll be made just like it was in the 80s. So everything's on a closed-off set. All the backgrounds are painted. There's a lot of polystyrene rock. So I just <laughs> really like that idea. Back to you. Very good. Um, and for our next episode, as we're heading into December, it is the festive season, and we, I think, will be reviewing 8-Bit Christmas. Mm. I keep writing 8-Bit Xmas, but it's 8-Bit Christmas. Yes. yes. They put the Christ into Nintendo Entertainment. I know. And this, this film came out last year, and I was like, oh, we, we missed it that year. And like, I've been pushing for a Christmas episode all throughout the year. <laughs> um, but no, here we are. Let's um, celebrate Christmas the way it was meant to be. <laughs> With a Nintendo Entertainment system. Yes. Well... Thanks very much for listening to us rant about Warcraft. I've been Harry. I have been Rory. Take care of yourself. And goodbye. Stay away from that film magic. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Winners don't use felt.